Tom or at Willie's Restaurant here on North Anthony. Really appreciate Kim uh, giving us the opportunity to utilize her space, get the mood here, you got the coffee, all set, ready to go. So my guest today on my episode, which is number nine, can't believe I'm on my ninth episode already, but it's Dan Swartz. How you doing, Dan? I'm good. Thank you very much. Good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I mean, you just like... Uh, um, I've known you for so long, and you've done so many different things yeah. in your capacity as a person in this community. I just wanted Thank to have you, you on the show because I thought you'd be really, really um, positive, and you can give some people some insights in regards to you know leaving the city and coming yeah. back. Yeah. So, um, so Dan is the executive director of Start Fort Wayne. So, how long you been with Start? So, uh, took over Start Fort Wayne in July of 2020. Uh, so right at the uh, peak of the pandemic. Oh, good old pandemic. There yep. you go. Uh, it was really uh, an opportunity, I think. Um, the organization was just struggling because of the pandemic. So mm. primarily, we're known as a co-working space. And so with lockdown orders, co-working uh, doesn't always work out. And um, it was really an opportunity, though, to kind of re-envision the organization. Mm -hmm. um, so it started in 2016 uh, with its founding board. Um, and then... I took over in July of 2020, so just three years now, which is crazy to think about that it's been three years, too. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So what is Start really all about? Yeah, so um, so we would be called an Entrepreneur Support Organization, or ESO. There's lots of uh, acronyms that I have to <laughs> juggle around in my head. Um, but ESOs primarily are there as a, a support organization to entrepreneurs, obviously, is the word, as the, as the phrase means. But what that means for us, particularly... Um, other than the co-working space itself. So if you need co-working space, we've got that for you. But I see it uh, much broader than that in that we're there to connect you to resources. So what does that look like? It looks different to every entrepreneur. Uh, most of the time, I'm connecting them to support professionals. So lawyers, accountants, consultants even. Um, once I understand what are the either hurdles that their business is going through or what are the opportunities that their business has, um, I like to try to frame things as opportunities <laughs> as much as possible with an entrepreneur. And then also inter interworking kind of with other entities in the community. So that's everything from the government to uh, the community foundation. They've been a really great partner. Um, and also other businesses. So uh, a thing that I think maybe a misconception with the ESOs and with Start Fort Wayne is like, it's very rare, uh, and I try to just be very honest with everybody about this, it's very rare that we are going to help your business, right? Like an entrepreneur has to help their own business. That, that always has to be the, the incentive and the emphasis. We're there to, to connect you to resources or to other people and to give you different perspectives. So a lot of the time, I'm really just connecting business owners to business owners because the peer-to-peer the -peer network is always the strongest um, support that any entrepreneur has. It's kind of being a, an ultimate middleman, which isn't always the, the, the best place to be in because that also gets you kind of uh, all of the expectations are on you. So I just try to be very honest with people on what I can and can't do and connect them to whatever resources I can. Well, you sound extremely positive about your approach and what you want to do. And I think that that's, that's amazing. I, Thank I do you want to go backwards a little bit oh, in yeah. regards to, yeah. so you lived in Fort Wayne, you left for the big apple. Yeah. So what was it like? I mean, I'm going to give you my quick synopsis. Yeah. You know, I'm a singer and you know that yep. and an actor, and I always wanted to go to New York. I thought, oh, I could, if I could get on the stage, I know that yeah. I could be successful. And then I got to thinking about it. You know, it's nice that you're like 
in Fort Wayne because, you know, you, you can be the granddaddy of them all right here, <laughs> kind of. I yeah. mean, my mother was an opera yeah. singer, so I mean, I had I had a little benefit from the aspects of my singing. That's awesome. But um, I think the thing was is what, what brought me to perspective of if I go to the Big Apple, there's going to be thousands of people that oh, can yeah. sing as good or better than me. And, you know, so it really comes down to there's got to be a little bit of luck involved in it. Not only for the sure. strategy that you're doing and things of that nature, but, you know, I thought, okay, I want to raise a family. I'm going to just stay here. Yeah. And I ended up just staying here. I never ended up leaving to go to New York. I never ended up leaving to go to St. Louis or any of the other places, the big cities. I thought, okay, when yeah. I was younger, now that I'm 62, I look back, I said, okay, I made the right decisions. I did everything the right way. But I did go visit New York in 2006. Yeah. It was after, you know, the towers fell. And it was kind of surreal when I was there. But I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to get to go to a show. I'm going to get to go to a Yankees game. And I'm doing all these things that I thought I might be able to get to do. Then I got to New York and we, we didn't even get to the, I didn't even get to go see a show. Yeah. And I, I thought to myself, oh, well, you know, I had three little kids. It was a little difficult to go to see something. So you just ended up not, not getting to do it. It's good that you get to leave Fort Wayne for a little bit. You get to you know, see the other side of the mountain, I guess. Yep. And then you look at it and you say, okay, I think I'm going to come back. Yeah. So what was your perspective when you went to New York and you then you ended up coming back? So it was really just that. I just wanted a different perspective. And, and that's what I tell everybody too, is like, go see stuff, right? Like go, go do and see other things, but always try to keep, <laughs> I don't know how to, not to get too sappy about it, but keep an open heart for Fort Wayne of like, allow yourself to see different things, but always keep a perspective of the good things that are here too. So you're into talent and what you're searching for in that talent is what? Where are you going for the talent and what are you looking for to create the talent? Yeah. So, so, um, so talent is very broad. It looks like a lot of things to a lot of people. What I'm particularly looking for is people who can mitigate risk. So with an entrepreneur, you have to be able to handle risk. You have to literally the pressure of risk and some people just don't have that and that's that's fine that they don't have that um some some things you can kind of train someone to be able to handle more risk but sometimes it's just an innate quality in people so really it's it's being able to take risk and then also to um to understand opportunities so if i can see that someone is essentially taking their own opportunities so that then if I can funnel them opportunities, I see that they'll actually take advantage of it. Um, again, that it just it, it doesn't always happen for lots of different reasons. Sometimes it's because of people's kind of uh, social circumstances, and then other times it's very like uh, internal or, or psychological. Um, and so that's that's probably the that's the hardest thing I would say about. What I'm doing now is really being able to identify what would be like a natural entrepreneur is the mm -hmm. way that I would describe it versus um, someone who really wants to be an entrepreneur, but they might just not have um, sort of the, uh, the, the platform or like all of the pieces there. And so helping them identify what some of those pieces would be um, or having really hard conversations, honestly, and saying this just might not be for you, right? Like you might be entrepreneurial, mm -hmm but you still should probably be somewhere in the workforce because you just aren't 
capable of handling the risks of running a business. Yeah, and I think that that's a huge dot you're putting the period there on that because the risk is high risk usually means high reward. Yeah. Or it could be high risk and could be high failure. It could just be, yeah. Yeah, you you just don't know what's going to happen in in that realm of possibilities. And I think that that was what happened to me when I was younger. I had the opportunity to buy Pile Market on East State, you know. Yeah. I was 21 years old. I said to myself, boy, do I want to have this responsibility of owning this meat market, doing the taxes, doing the paperwork and all the other stuff. I didn't mind waiting on the customers, cutting the meat, doing all the things that I needed to do. But boy, did I want to really take that because I saw the, the world and the, the, the changing and the evolving of what has been happening. Everyone was going yep. to larger grocery stores and things like that. And I thought, boy, how are we going to how are we going to make this thing work? And the longevity. And, right? Yeah. Maybe and, it would work for a couple of years, but is this a and, career? And the ownership. When yeah. you own it, then it ends up, you know, you end up having that aspect of, okay, uh, <laughs> I, I got to work seven days a oh. week. Yeah. You know, 24 hours a day, yeah. you're never going to stop. And yeah. I think that that's the thing that triggered in my head, especially being 21 years old. Yeah. You're thinking to yourself, okay, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And then I ended up not buying it. And then I, you know, I talked to my brother, Tim, and he ended up, you know, um, getting into the meat market business, you know, because he was actually working for a company that was, you know, basically doing rendering. Oh. So, okay. and, and, and I think that, you know, I told him, I said, Tim, you should do this. You're 28, you know, 28 years old. You've got a lot more, you know, longevity and with what your, your thought process is. And, you know, you could do this, you know, you could be in business. So he went and talked to Bob also and, and he didn't want it either, but then he ended up, you know, like six months later buying a different store. And then I ended up going to work for him there. And I loved being a manager, that yep. portion of it. I did not mind, yep. but you know, it's not for everybody. So being an entrepreneur 100%. and owning your own business, I really, you know, applaud the people out there that are taking that risk and doing the, you know, the thing that some people just, you know, don't want to do. You know, yeah. you you said it perfectly. Some people are meant to do one thing, and some people are meant yeah. to do another. And it's not it's not good or bad, right? It's just it's different for different folks. It and is. You know, and I worked for my brother for you know six years, and then I ended up going into sales. And you know, I ended up working for a company. And some people would always say, "Why don't you just go open your own place?" I say, "You know what? I really like the." You know, the ability to be working for this company because, you know, they're taking the risk. I'm not taking the risk. I get the reward by the sales that I do and the things that I'm doing. And I and I and and I'm fine with that because there was a huge risk because I was on a straight commission. Yep. But that's where I would say you're entrepreneurial without being the owner of the company. I feel like a lot of people in sales, it's there. They have very entrepreneurial spirit Mm -hmm. and uh, capacities. They don't have to own the company to still flex that muscle. Yeah, and it was good because for 32 years, it gave me a really good living. Yeah. You know, and I... Uh, I was pretty much on full commission, straight commission. Wow. I never had a salary. Yeah. And it was like, you know, you just had to go out every single day. And if you didn't sell, you didn't make any money. So yeah. I tell people all the time, is <laughs> it was high reward in regards to what I did. But, you know, you, you have to go out and do it every single day and you yeah. can never stop. And that was the one thing. If the phone rang at 10 o'clock. You got to take it. I picked it up. <laughs> yep. I'm talking 10 o'clock at night, at 10 o'clock during the day. <laughs> so, um I, I do want to, you know, ask you a little bit about, you know, your describe your entrepreneurship and, yeah. you know, 
what got you into this and why you wanted to do it? So, yeah, so that, it, honestly, it kind of goes back to New York, too. So uh, I took a very uh, circuitous route towards entrepreneurship, and it kind of started with entrepreneurship. So when I, like, first got my driver's license, or my permit, I think, I went to Junior Achievement, and I was like, I think I'm an entrepreneur. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I, I've heard this word before, and I just want to make stuff, and I don't know, help me out. And um, and, and, and zero uh, criticism of JA, but at that time, they really did the programming in schools, and that's how I knew about them. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't like a, a fleshed out uh, system, and particularly for high school students, <laughs> to pursue entrepreneurship. So they were just kind of like, I don't know, like, go learn more about it or whatever and so uh really because of personal circumstances um i got into art and it was really just a place for me to to put emotions um Mm -hmm. and it and then i got scholarships from it and so kind of an entrepreneurial spirit i was like ooh, Mm -hmm. money like that's 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 good (laughs) yeah so uh, who doesn't like green yeah so i'll follow (laughs) that pursuit a little bit um but it was really kind of second like the art was a thing that I liked, but it was um, kind of the the idea of making things and the idea of just creating my own systems that I was really uh, pursuing. So anyways, that took me to go to New York. I was able to see kind of the art world at the highest level Mm -hmm. and both in a good way and a bad way, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I was able to love it in a, in a really high way, but I also realized some of the constraints. I was living in basically a glorified walk-in closet for like 500 bucks a month in not the nicest neighborhood. And right. so, which I, I loved every experience that I had there because I think that that's informed me, but it was one of those things of like, do I really want <laughs> to do this in this way? Um, and so then uh, I started my first business, um, and I, I don't, I can't tell you exactly what made me do it, other than that it was always just kind of in the back of my head of something that I wanted to do. But the push of okay, if I'm not going to be in New York and I'm, and I'm not going to pursue fine art at this level, then what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And I and business was the thing. I, ownership right. of something was was that next. Uh, piece that I wanted um, and so then it was though a very long process so uh, I, I mean you can you can spin up a business immediately almost but that doesn't necessarily make you a business owner um, so I I had a business and I had the pursuit but that brought me back to Fort Wayne and honestly the goal was always to come back to Fort Wayne what I encourage people to do is to leave and bring back cool ideas and hopefully I've mm-hmm. been able to do that a little bit but when I uh, came back I started working for downtown improvement district and I think that's that's, that's where, we first, where met, we first met I was met. gonna yeah. say yep. yeah and uh, just to really learn the city I grew up here but I wasn't involved in anything to, to that much capacity and so I wanted to understand the lay of the land and just what was going on at that time this would be 2000. 2009, 2008 and 9, Tin Cap Stadium was happening. Mm -hmm. Downtown Development was very just like starting really. Like I remember JK's opening up and being this huge deal, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and one customer I never sold. Oh yeah. Maybe in the right. No. You never know. But so just seeing. I'm more from, into the scene of wanting to be the next mayor. <laughs> that's a little pursuit that you have. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the food portion of it's not as. Yeah. Not as I mean, yeah, I, I still love food. I always love food. 
Well, I feel like even just the food scene, like seeing the, oh, yeah, the beginning of a lot of those huge. pieces, it helped me just kind of understand, okay, this is kind of a trajectory that we're going mm-hmm. with as a community. And then uh, putting together, so Wunderkammer Company is a contemporary art center. That's kind of what I think some people in town might know me as primarily. Um, the old Casas. The old Casa D'Angelo's mm-hmm. on South Fairfield. And so then uh, it took years, though. It took, um, so so started Wunderkammer in 2007, technically, of like incorporation. But then uh, we just worked kind of nomadically until 2012 and then purchased the building in 2012, renovated it, and then mm-hmm. opened in 2013. So we just had our 10-year anniversary um, in January. And so when year. I got hired in at U.S. Foods, that was my one of my first oh, customers. Oh, uh, cool. That's awesome. That's <laughs> I remember going upstairs and having to do the ordering and things like that. Yeah. It was every Monday, and you had to do your bid. And you, if you were lucky enough to get the chicken breast, you thought, oh, my <laughs> gosh, this is the best. <laughs> you would get, like, 50 cases, oh, you know, because awesome. they had four locations back then. Because yeah. yeah. they had TJ Pastas at the time. So, I mean, I'm talking a little bit about Casas. I'm talking about no, yeah. my... my you know, and it is amazing. I tell people all the time the different things that happen in the community and how buildings get reused yep. for a different purpose. And, I, yep. you know, you walk into it now and you think to yourself, wow, this was like one of the, at one time, one of the nicer restaurants you would go to on Fairfield. And, yep. you know, people would drive there because it was their number one restaurant. And then before Casa's even, Gulaf's Paramount Grill. Yep, yep. And then before that, it was a market, but I don't know the name of the market, but like a, a neighborhood market. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about that. So that property is 121 years old now. And so just to just to literally be in the space, kind mm-hmm. of, and realize the number of people that came to it, and, and a, particularly with Casa's, I probably Gulafs also, but right. I, that it was a community space. It was where people came together with their family. Then. I'm a little older than you, so I remember Ted Gulafs, and, oh, okay. and then they had Ted and Tom's here on North Anthony too. Okay, so you probably don't even remember I that. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I, I remember that because I used to go there and eat. So it's just amazing how the, you know you see these entrepreneurs that have built up in the community. Yep. They were staples, like Elegant Farmer. They were part of. Ted and Tom's. Okay. So they were they were brothers. So I see this. I remember these things. I'm talking about things that if people are listening to the podcast or saying to myself, oh, I remember going to Elegant Farmer. I remember going to Ted and Tom's. And how does this work out for entrepreneurs? That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. It and, is. And even also uh, with, with you and your brother and the family's units, I, always, I encourage people to start a business with a team. And I think just traditionally that was a family, typically, mm-hmm. with, with family businesses. But to look at, and particularly like what you were talking about, of like you loved being the manager and the sales side, yep. but you didn't necessarily want, didn't want to be the, the owner. Thing, right? And yeah. I think that that's what happens in the perspective of people. You, yeah. you want to really find out and hone in what you're really good at. Yep. I like to manage people. I really, really do. Cool. I think that it's it's you know it's incorporated in my brain that okay this is what I got to do to get this person motivated to do what they need to do I love to you know yep. look at the person and say okay this is where this person needs to go yep. because I can I can read the person and say okay this is his strength or her strength this is where that person needs to to start pushing themselves to thrive to yeah. and and then you can look at that person and say okay see this is why I put you in this even though you think that you might need to be here this is where I want you to be because this is where your strength lies yeah. you know one last thing I want to talk about yeah. before we um, we finish up today I really do want to get into the arts yeah. so you know I did theater for you know so many years 
but I also, a lot of people don't realize this, I never painted, but I did like to sketch. Okay. So one thing I did like to sketch, I like to sketch animals, and the one, my favorite animal to sketch was what, of course, a horse. I liked doing horses, and I started watching, um, believe it or not, on PBS, I don't even remember the channel that I used to watch, but there was an art class that you could actually watch on PBS. It was a long time ago. It was probably okay. 25, 30 years ago. Okay. Went before we had all these cable channels that you have today, but... I, a lot of people, I'm telling something that they don't even know. So I, I learned how to trace and sketch and, and really wanted to get, get it honed in. So Because, you know, you'd always make this stick horse, right? <laughs> when you first started, when you were like 10 years old. Well, but I wanted to see, well, how did they get to the, the tones and the brushes and get get the the imagery to the way it is and bring out the boldness of the head or the feet or whatever you're trying, the hoofs, whatever you're trying to bring out in, in the picture. And then I basically just sketched it with a pencil and then I never got to the painting portion of it. But I wanted to actually, you know, get into the drawing because that was what was in my brain, the, yeah. my arts. And, you know, the thing that I loved to do was sing. So I'd, I'd listen to like Bach and Beethoven and things like that while I was doing awesome. it. And a lot of people don't know this kind of, uh, about myself but I wanted to express it yeah. in, in some way shape or form and you kind of like having you on this talk show today kind of like brought it back to me and said you know maybe I should start doing that That's for awesome. relaxation yeah instead of doing some of the other things that you might do to you know relax your brain yeah it, it, it really does give you a sense and I'm, I'm bringing some because I can see the smile on your face because you probably have those same types of feelings when you have oh, yeah. ever I think everybody has some type of urgency in them yep it's just how they need to bring it out and yep. really bring it forward because you use your imagination and I, I look forward to the opportunity of using an immense amount of my imagination if, if I end up being the mayor of Fort Wayne because I sure. want to be creative in, in regards to what we want to do in Fort Wayne. So I appreciate having you on the show. One last thing uh, before we go. How can um, we connect with nonprofits to make them better mm. and improve their life? Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing, there, there are thousands of nonprofits in Fort Wayne, and, um, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like to, I like to stress that you do need a lot of different, you need a lot of variety, and you need a lot of different um, organizations to make things work. So um, I think one is just to be aware of them. So a lot of times, um, I think people aren't, they might be aware of really big nonprofits, so, mm-hmm. uh, and, and just calling out some random ones, but like the Fort Wayne Children's Zoo is a nonprofit, the um, YMCA is a nonprofit, and people are kind of aware of those organizations. Really try to understand a lot of the grassroots organizations. A lot of times those small organizations where literally a $10 gift is a big deal <laughs> as much as, and obviously you need a lot of them to mm-hmm. get anything really big done, but a lot of those smaller grassroots organizations are really touching the like lives of individuals in our, our community and in kind of the the places or the, the kind of the cracks, right? Like there's a lot of money to go after big issues, but a lot of those articulated things, um, people kind of forget about. Like organizations that I really love working with, that not that they're unknown, but uh, they're definitely younger or just quite not, not quite as big of a budget as some of the other organizations, but Amani Family Services works with immigrant and refugees in town and um, I think that's a bigger issue than most people are aware of, of just the number of uh, refugees that our community has and mm-hmm. some of the issues that our immigrant populations are going through. Uh, I, I, another organization that I think that kind of people are uh, maybe unaware of the, that we have the articulation of it is um, it's called Project Ballet. 
and it's a ballet conservatory that's kind of a, a, a random thing um, for Fort Wayne necessarily, but they've sent many students to like the New York Ballet, which is like the, the highest uh, form of ballet in the world. Um, and they're in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of like behind Best Buy and Northcrest, like in wow. kind of a, you just wouldn't think that, <laughs> that that is happening. And And really they're producing that talent that we were talking about of, it's in a very specific place. Obviously, ballet dancers aren't necessarily going to transform the entire city of Fort Wayne, but it's a really specific talent that is at the highest of its game, and it's right here in our mm-hmm. backyard. And so I think that there's just a lot of those instances where they're amazing nonprofits that we aren't aware of. So just kind of go out and learn about them and um, try to learn about them because they might not necessarily be in front of your face. Yeah. Um, we only have a few more minutes left, but I, I do want to bring up the ballet because yeah. uh, we we have an we have a ballet in Fort Wayne, which, yeah. and uh, it's right across the street from the Performing Arts Center. Yep. And I have a cousin who was a professional ballet dancer. Oh, cool. From this from the early seventies. Awesome. I remember when I was a kid, we had to go see the Nutcracker, and she performed in it. Yep. She had the lead. Yeah. And then she ended up going off to New York, and she. Did, she danced in New York, and now she, you know, Gina Martin's her name. She's my first cousin, uh, and her mom was my Aunt Mickey, and my, her dad was Uncle Jim, and, you know, and they only had one child, and she was she was a ballet dancer, and she cool. went off to New York City, yep. and, I, and she was very successful. In fact, she still lives in New Jersey, okay. so I'm excited to know that we, we can kind of turn things back around and get the ballet back into full yep. swing again. I would love to see more people really get themselves energized in regards to the arts cool. because I think the yeah. arts are so vitally important to yeah. people and bringing them into what they what they what they can you know imagine or yeah. feel yeah you know? their potential yep unlocking their potential unlocking their potential yep. but you know even if they don't do it professionally they can still do it part-time or whatever they yep. might want to do because I think that once you give up your talent it's like me singing. It'd be impossible. People have asked me, are you going to sing when you're the mayor? I said, heck yeah, I'm going to yeah. sing when I'm the mayor. <laughs> yeah. Because it's one of my talents. It's one of the things that God has given me as a gift. And I want to utilize it to the uh, to the end of my, it's my personality. And it motivates you too, it does. right? Like it keeps you going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate you having me on the show, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. I want to thank Willie's again, um, Willie's Restaurant here on North Anthony for basically giving us the space to be able to do this. I think it gives it a, a nice, fresh feel, hometown feel. And I, Dan, I thank you for being on the show and talking about your entrepreneurship and you. what you're trying to do for the community and making Fort Wayne a better place. Thank you very and much. God bless you and have a great day. Thanks, you too.